guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts on this Takes on Takes Tuesday edition of the show. As a reminder, Draft Dudes is brought to you by Built Bar. Kyle, they brought the cookie dough flavor out of retirement today. Head on over to BuiltBar.com. We have a deal for you. Promo code Locked On gets you 10 bucks off your first order. Oh, my God. Cookie dough, you say? Yeah, man. Built Bar. I'm looking at it right now. I'm, I'm going to put an order in. Yeah, I am, too. <laughs> I am, too. I am, too, today. I'm going to get that. I want to try this vanilla cream. I want to try that black cherry. Today. Well, yeah. Right now. I've got a re- podcast to record right now. <laughs> Kyle, it's takes on takes. We had to deliver for the people. They brought some They brought some fun stuff. Honestly, we. I mean, we had an influx of takes this week, so had good, to be choosy good. here. Yeah. Very good. Uh, is there anything more satisfying than um, – because we both – we obviously, you do Locked On Bills. I do Locked On Dolphins, right? Per sources, yes. And we do Twitter shows, like mailbag-type shows. Yes. Coincidentally, you do Twitter Tuesday. I do Power to the Pod, and we both do Takes on Takes all on Tuesdays. Hey, cool flex that your title's better than mine. Good job. Yeah, well, I yeah. – I, yeah, no comment. Um. <laughs> Anyway, my point here, is there anything more satisfying than somebody who's like, I put out, send me your questions for tomorrow's pod. And this guy goes, whatever you want to talk about, you'll never answer this question. So the first thing I did, that was the first question I addressed, was this guy, Martin, on Power to the Pod. I said, listen, Martin. I'd have answered your question, but you didn't ask me a question. But here I am on the podcast acknowledging your <laughs> your reply. Oh, that's good. Would have loved to would have loved to get a question from you. Oh wow, Kyle. Well, Martin, I, if you listen to Draft Dude, send Kyle a question and make it one that really makes him think because now he has to answer it. Put him to work. Wow, okay. Threw me under the bus on my own show. Sick. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen every once in a while. We've been doing this for a long time, man. <laughs> All right, let's go. Okay, well, you want uh, Vontels? We're leading off with this. Vontel just... I mean, we're both doing it, so it's fine. Yeah. All right, so I'll read it. Uh, Vontel, good morning, sir. You're the starting quarterback for a playoff game. Sweet. But some bad weather happens. Which of these gives you the best chance to win? Extremely heavy rain, uh, 50 degrees. Heavy snow and 30 degrees. Negative 10 degrees. Heavy wind, but clear. Okay, so clarifying this is if i was the quarterback that's my understanding you you are okay so do i have the arm strength to drive the ball in extremely heavy rain no or in regular conditions for me no i know what i need you want the negative 10 hell no Heavy wind, but you see me try to walk through the town of Indianapolis when it's 20 degrees outside. You think I'm going to be able to perform in a football game in negative 10? Won't happen. Yeah, it's a good point. Give me, give me snow in 30. That's going to, you're, you're good with that. Yeah. I think I need the extremely heavy rain, 50 degrees. Why? It's a, rain's the ultimate neutralizer. I need every advantage I can get because I don't have any advantages if I'm playing quarterback. Okay. Just need to be able to hand that ball off and not have any chance to, you know, really have to throw the football. I don't think I'm bad throwing the football, but I don't have any confidence in myself. Not at the 
in a playoff game at least, right? Like that, that puts us in like a very high performing setting. Right. Right. All right, Vontel. Uh, all right, dude. <laughs> what do you got for us next week? I'm looking forward to it. Kyle, you're getting this one. You're this is this so one. this is so dumb. We're worried about this. Go ahead. No, this is this is very important talking it's not. point. Yes, it is. And you would if this was a different corner, you would disagree. Dean says Noah Igbenogany career is officially a bust after taking number forty six. He's not playing with that number. Oh, that's the curveball you had. They're gonna cut. They've got fifteen million freaking defensive backs on their roster. On a 91-man roster, they're going to cut down to 53, and Igba Hagany's not going to wear 46. They really had no numbers in the 20s or 30s that he could have? They're stuffed. You're kidding. So their first-round cornerback has to get this number? What are you going to do? To tell a first-round quarterback that was your th- corner, that was your third pick in the draft, that he's – is he going to offer somebody up 25 G's to flip numbers with him, or is he going to wait until some crumb bum gets cut and just take his number? All right, so I can confirm that every number 20 to 38 is taken. Who cares about 39? Okay, so what's the problem? He's not playing with that number. Tay Hayes has got 22. Got to give him the bump. Well, yeah, Tay Hayes is going to get cut, and then Noah Igbahogany can wear number 22. That's that's what needs to happen. All these other guys, I see it's pretty legit. I I I, I get it. I mean, Breda's twenty, Rose twenty one, Tay Hayes twenty two. That's that's the one. Tankersley twenty three. He's been around. Byron Jones twenty four. Tankersley's gonna get cut too. So they can, but but he, can have he that one if he but he, you can't be assuming he gets to keep his twenty three. He's entering year four. Correct. Xavier Howard twenty five. Stephen Parker twenty six. Uh, Kalen Balage twenty seven. That might be available. Balage will uh, be available. Yeah. Bobby McCain twenty eight. Ryan Lewis twenty nine. Who was on the team last year. And we'll assume that he doesn't want a number in the 30. So he just he he went out of his way and took the the worst number possible so that he can position himself for 22 or 28 or tw- 22 or 27. So but if he sticks with 46, Kyle, it's going to be tough to overcome. Can we be honest? If he sticks with 46, I'm going to be concerned. But <laughs> there's a very clear path to not wear 46. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I I can I can ease my concerns about that as well. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page here. Well, it needed to be said, Kyle. You know, a lot of people don't do the digging to to get the facts, you know? Listen, this is why you listen to Locked On Dolphins. I must have missed the episode where that was discussed. (laughs) We actually did discuss that at length last week. Good, good. Cameron Spencer. Yeah. In Drew Brees' last season, Larry Warford would have been more valuable to a Saints Super Bowl run even as a backup than whatever money they saved this year by cutting him. Um, I hate criticizing the Saints because they got great fans, man. And um, they don't like when I say bad things about things they do. But I agree with this. I, I, I actually want to take this a step further. I think that, and I've said this multiple times, the, the focus of the, of the New Orleans Saints should be on doing everything that they can to send Drew Brees out a Super Bowl champion for the second time. And I love Cesar Ruiz. He was worth that draft pick. He's a good football player. Pick a player at a different position where there was no need. Larry Warford was fine. He was coming off three consecutive Pro Bowls. He's 28 years old. He's durable. He's perfectly fine at right guard. Draft a player that's going to help you at a position where your football team gets better. Best case scenario for the for the Saints is it's a one-for-one swap at right guard. And that's it. You don't even give yourself the insurance policy now that, 
with Andrus Pete coming back from injury in case you needed Cesar Ruiz or Larry Warford in one of those spots. So for me, it's hard to criticize a team that picks a good football player, but I think you have to think about the context of where they are as a football team and realize a linebacker made a, would have made this team better. Another weapon would have made this team better. Hell, another defensive lineman. There's other ways that they could improve their football team. The last thing on the Saints' mind right now should be saving $8 million off the cap and cutting a Pro Bowl guard because you drafted one in the first round. I think that was a poor job. Dante Laran Daniel says, this is, this is a take. Quarterbacks are overvalued and romanticized due to a select few who have dominated over the past few decades. Quarterback position is most important on the field, but evaluators take it too far. You got some hashtags here. Let's get to the hashtag. Hot, hot takes, takes on takes, Monday thoughts, Monday mood, and podcasts. Uh, let me say this. I can subscribe to the idea that quarterbacks are m- romanticized a bit too much in many circumstances because many quarterbacks, as we have found, Joe, the great ones are often a byproduct of what? I don't know if I'm going to agree with you here. Their environment. Hel- it helps, certainly, at, a, at early in their career, yes. Right. So, like, Let's take Joe Burrow as an example, because Bengals fans are real angry with us for talking good things about their their team, apparently. They're That's angry at us for what Trevor and Ben said about the Bengals. Right. right. <laughs> if you look at the Bengals, I wrote this topic yesterday regarding what they have as far as veteran mentorship for Joe Burrow on the team. Their skill players are great. When you take into consideration A.J. Green, you know, he might not be a long-term answer at this point, but he's still there. I really like Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon's an excellent three-down running back. They declined their option on John Ross, so they'll probably have some turnover there. T. Higgins needs to prove that he can get separation at the pro level, but a a well-valued prospect in a lot of minds, and I do think uh, his body control and contested catch skills pairing with Joe Burrow makes sense. We don't like their offensive line. But, Joe, you have firsthand experience about what value a veteran quarterback can provide to a young quarterback, right? Yeah, absolutely. Then go listen to Patrick Mahomes attribute, quote, much of his early success to Alex Smith. And listen to Daniel Jones talk about how valuable it was to see the game through Eli Manning's eyes. And the Bengals have Joe Burrow. Ryan Finley, and I'm not being rude here, somebody I've never heard of as their third quarterback. Is that an environment that is going to set Joe Burrow up for success? And if it's not, he then has to be so much better as a player or as an individual to transcend that lack of strong infrastructure early in his pro career. And it's often assumed quarterbacks can just step in regardless the way the Bengals are presuming Joe Burrow can just step in regardless and play at an, at a level that's going to elevate everybody else around him. And I don't think that's fair to Joe Burrow. 
Does that make sense? It does. I, I, I learned a QB fun fact this week reading Bruce Arians' book. Before Ben Roethlisberger, when was he a rookie? Was it 2004? Uh, yes. 2004, the, the Steelers won 13 games with Ben Roethlisberger as their starting quarterback with him as a rookie. The previous high before that of a team winning games with a rookie quarterback was six with, I think it was Chris Chandler. Six. It's hard to win with a rookie quarterback. And uh, you need to make sure that they have a great opportunity to develop. And part of that's by having a, you know, mentor, somebody that can be with them in the quarterback room and guide them along. So if I were going to take Dante's take, that's where I would take it. Kyle, uh, my wife and I, we ordered the mixed box built bars the other day and they, they showed up yesterday. So check this out. We unpackage them and all of a sudden, you know, what unfolds a little draft. But it was it's 15 flavors across 18 bars and we were sitting there pick by pick taking our oh no our, way our rations yeah that's yeah. excellent yeah it, it just spawned just out of nowhere it was really fun uh but i learned in that moment that there's a new built bar on top of the big board it's peanut butter brownie i took it over the raspberry chocolate so i i got a six pack of that one last time i got um a box top three mix box. Uh, listen, there's a lot of flavors. I haven't tried. I'm, I'm literally sitting here on the website right now. Um, I'm looking at lemon meringue. I'd like to try. I'm looking at double chocolate. Moose was not in my first trial box. Caramel peanut caramel peanuts. Good. Uh, key lime pie and s'mores. You mentioned they just brought back cookie dough. I don't think I'm in a place that I can, you know, I'm, I'm very early in this process. You're still scouting, still scouting the, uh, the, the pool of talent. Uh, but uh, listen, every, it feels like every time I try one, it, there's a new one at the top of the big board. That's because there's so many amazing flavors when it comes to uh, built bars. It's hard to explain. You got to experience these things for yourself. Real chocolate, amazing flavors, the consistency and texture of a, of a candy bar. It feels like it's between like a three musketeers and a Milky way. Mm. This isn't the days of eating, you know, know, like a piece of rubber and uh, feeling good about yourself because uh, you ate a protein bar and you have to wash your mouth out afterwards. Uh, These things have amazing flavor, taste and texture. And the nutrition is off the charts, high protein, low calorie, low sugar, no crazy additives And, and comparing them to other protein bars. It's like half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams and more protein you got to try them out for yourself go to builtbar.com use our promo code locked on get 10 bucks off your first order again builtbar.com promo code locked on for 10 bucks off your first order okay kyle jake stillwell has one for us both the jags and dolphins will have two top 12 selections Mm. in next year's draft i would hate to see it but i would also like to see it uh, um, <laughs> right. <laughs> Not the Jags. I mean, well, they... <laughs> what does, how bad does your record have to be to get in the top 12? Let's establish that first six and 10. I think so. I think you could be seven and nine and, and get there as well. Maybe you get to 12. Yeah. Six and 10 though. You make sure. Yeah. So we're going to say the Jaguars, the Rams or the Jaguars. Jag- Duval. Duval. We're say Duval. The L.A. Rams, 
the Miami Dolphins, and the Houston Texans are all going to be 6-10 and 10 or worse this year. I don't think it happens. No, me neither. It's a fun take, but I don't think the math checks out. No. Uh, Halil's Real Football Talk. Yep. Is this a, this is a Twitter submission? Yep. Okay. Um, takes on takes. Undrafted free agent Thaddeus Moss will have the third most productive season among rookie tight ends. Uh, and his second half of this take, Jonathan Taylor will finish top 10 in the rushing yards next year. Mm. Uh, all the way out in that first one about Thad Moss. I mean, I, I he may have a chance because – Rookie tight ends aren't usually that productive, but I don't I don't forecast much exciting things happening for Thaddeus Moss. He's going to have the, a great year blocking on the line. Like he he will, and some dump downs. I mean, he'll catch <laughs> less than 15 passes as a rookie. What team does he even play for? Uh, I don't know where he landed, to be honest. Not off some, the top of my head. That, I, we, have to, we have to know. If you can look at that. Oh, um, he's in Washington. He's in Washington. Oh, the, the ideal place for him to, to have a chance because they don't have any good tight ends. Uh, that certainly helps. He's in a good landing spot. I still, I'll take the under on twenty receptions. Um, John Taylor finished top ten in rushing yards next season. I think it's going to be a true market share there with Marlon Mack. I really do. I mean, I love the offensive line. I love the idea of John Taylor like ripping off some long runs. But you know, what do you have to like? What's to get in the top ten of of rushing for the NFL last year? I'm almost there. Last year you had to get a thousand eleven thirty five in yards. I don't know if that happens. I do think they'll run the ball a lot, but I think it's going to be too much of a market share. So I will take um, unlikely for the Jonathan Taylor, and I'm all the way out on Thad Moss. You're all the way out on both these takes. Yeah, but I think it's more likely. If, would you say it's more likely for John Taylor to finish top 10 than Thad Moss, third most productive rookie uh, tight end receiving? No, I will not. And the reason why is because this tight end group is bad, and that's a low bar to set. I would rather set the low bar than the high bar. I think the Washington dynamic changes that a little. Carter. No. So this is a tattle take. Luke Donaldson turns in Carter Donick. Carter Donick never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fine intern uh, at the draft network. He, doesn't he got crushed in mock madness. He, he did. You know, that was a big, big uh, task. there going up against the put champ his heart and soul. He put did. his heart and soul into slandering my name and how'd it go? It went poorly, but other than that, Carter, you had a good good year with us, brother. Looking forward to year two. He said this. Uh, he said, probably going to regret tweeting this. Chocolate chip cookies would be way better without the chocolate chips. Give me a bunch of sugary dough without needlessly crunchy texture. One chocolate chip per bite is still fine, but the ratio is always much bigger than that. Well, I think it depends on what kind of chocolate chip cookies you're having. Like, do you like Chips Ahoy, Joe? Um, yeah, I guess. They're like too hard. Yeah, that's they're not great, but they're. St- I mean, they're not bad. It's definitely not like chewing on a Bill Bar, you know. It's not. No, give me the Bill Bar. <laughs> um, I enjoy a good sugar cookie. I'll say that. I enjoy. Molasses cookies, snickerdoodles, sugar cookies. But if you get a well-done homemade chocolate chip cookie. Elite. It is elite, in my opinion. And I disagree with that take from Carter. But with the caveat, it has to be a good 
homemade chocolate chip cookie that's like not left in the oven too long. I do agree that the, that uh, chocolate chip cookies can have too many chocolate chips. I like a moderate ratio. I'm not like looking for the extra chocolate chips. So I can, but I'm not looking for like maybe one per bite. You know, I think that's where he lost. Yeah, that's, a little bit. that's, I mean, why even waste your time at that point? I think the big question here coming from this take is Kyle, when was the last time you ate a cookie? Christmas, probably? Did you have one at Christmas? No, I've had one since then. But my diet's not as clean as you think it is. I've been around you, man. I've seen you eat a salad at IHOP. I'll, I, that's going to be on my tombstone. If I die <laughs> before you, you are going to put that on my tombstone. Yeah. Once, not- had a, once had a Cobb salad at IHOP. <laughs> right, man. You're, I, I just look, I, I think about the evolution of your diet since I've known you, man. You know? Uh, from the days of saucy cues days of saucy cues. What was the the first year you came to my, or the second year you came to my house before the uh, senior bowl. And I mean, we must've crushed. I mean, do you remember that prime rib? That I, big I old. Would, yeah. I would do that again. No questions asked. It's also prime rib, but if there was a peach cobbler at the end, you might have not had any of that. Right. I mean, I, I try and watch my sweets and unnecessary carbs, which is why I love built bar. <laughs> oh, I love shaming Kyle for eating healthy. It's great. Take from Rahul. This is a terrible take. It's very terrible. This won't take long. Naps are not are only acceptable if you're below the age of seven or above the age of sixty. No, naps are very essential. Rahul's still young, isn't he? I have no idea. You could tell me he's seventy five. You could tell me he's fifteen. I have no idea. I'd be, how old he is. I'd be willing to bet this guy's no no older than like twenty three. And brother, um, give it another four years and come back and tell me how you feel about mat naps. I mean, even like the sometimes the twenty minute power nap, you know. And I know that you do this all the time. We'll be like on the phone, you're like, "Hey, I'm going to take a nap, but I'm setting an alarm for thirty minutes from now." And you do, and you sleep. It's I'll like, drink a cup of coffee, take a nap, and then get up, and it's like I'm starting my day all over again. They're nice refresh or nice uh, recharge. So nap for sure. Now, if you're just sitting there like at noon going to sleep for like three hours then yeah you're a slob like get your life together you <laughs> know what i mean purpose behind your sleep schedule damn it <laughs> okay all right uh this is for you right slabs yes. mcgee the chargers that's not what you do it's that's the raiders the chargers cool should have chargers drafted i <laughs> there it is. thank you thanks for picking me up there the chargers should have drafted <laughs> isaiah simmons at six and traded up for Jordan Love instead of drafting Herbert and trading up for Murray. Um, yes. Okay, so the four players in question were all top 35 prospects for me. Uh, Simmons was a top five player. Jordan Love was 27th. Justin Herbert was 11th. Kenneth Murray was, I think, 33rd. 32nd, 33rd. But you had Herbert above love though, right? That might be the difference. By 16 spots. Yeah, that's probably important. for. So for for me, it it gets back into that. Do you remember that phone conversation I had with you? About? Yeah, yeah. Whether whether or not you would have a guy. Yeah, you baited me into Jordan Love is what you did, you ass. Who wins, who thrives outside of structure and you need to teach to play within structure. Or a guy who wins within structure that you have to hope can figure out how to play outside of structure. If you would rather have the guy who has like the natural feel when things go to shit, and that's when he makes great stuff happen, 
then you should probably sit on the side of the Chargers should have drafted Jordan Love or Isaiah Simmons and then traded up for Jordan Love. If you like a guy who can win consistently with this is where the ball is supposed to go, okay, the ball's going to go there, or I'm going to take a sack or like throw the ball away, then you should be fine with Justin Herbert. That was that was a really compelling conversation. I look forward to recruiting some other people into that debate, Joe, because I think that's that would be a really strong case for Jordan Love versus Justin Herbert. Yeah, you you manipulated me into believing it. Take from Jesse. <laughs> Just go one at a time here with division what take the on hell each is one. This? Okay. I've thought so about it. So eight my takes answer. in one. Joe's like, yeah, we only got 12 takes today. And here, one of these tw- takes is 12 freaking takes in Just one shot. Just go one by one, and I'll answer them quickly. <sighs> AFC East, two teams will pick in the top five. No way, all the way out. AFC North, this will be Big Ben's final year as the starter. I, I can buy that for sure, yes. AFC South, division winner goes nine and seven. No, nah, division winner gets a 10. AFC West, Broncos are in a wild card spot. <sighs> Yes. The answer is yes. I think so. With there being seven, I don't know. I don't know. I, we're going to flesh that out at some point this summer, but I if think they're close. Nine, I love the defense. If you get nine wins and you don't make the playoffs this year, you get shafted. And, but like, nine. it's realistic if the AFC South eats each other and the AFC East is average. The North is the North is the challenging one because you could see Baltimore, Pittsburgh being in, you know. Those two will be in. They'll be the only two, play, but they'll like, they'll both be in the playoffs, but like, that's it. You don't you don't think two teams from the north and south get in each? I mean, they could. So now you have your that, two division winners. That's that's six that now teams you right still, there. Now you still have a playoff spot open between Denver and a third place team in either of those Norths, the second place team in the East, or the Raiders. This is not fast. Yes or no? Broncos get a wild card. Yes. I, I did a full season prediction on playoffpredictors.com and I got the Broncos as the seven seed. Yes, because of uh their run game, their potency in the passing game, and I think a defense that'll be in the top five. NFC East, Giants finished in second place. <sighs> Not a chance. Is that a joke? NFC <laughs> uh Swift is the division's leading rusher. Um no. I mean Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, no. NFC South, Teddy Bridgewater leads the division in touchdown passes. It's crazy talk. No. Drew Brees is still alive. NFC West, Rams get the number two pick in the draft, which in turn would be the Jaguars pick. I don't – I'll be honest. I'm not a Rams truther. I don't love this football team, but Sean McVay's had them at a winning pace every single year. They're not going to be number two. Like you're talking like a two-win team, a three-win team. That that won't be the Rams. They got it. They got a – High-end head coach, and they have several elite football players on both sides of the football. Stars like, and scrubs. That gets you to, like, six wins, right? Right. That'll be a 7-9 and nine to 9-7 nine and seven team. In my yeah. Kyle Taylor says, considering they go 3-3 three and three in the division, I can't see the Cardinals winning less than nine total games in 2020. Yeah, I mean, I, I got Arizona. I had Arizona because I did, like I said, I did the full playoff predictors. I had Arizona finishing in fourth place in the division and winning eight games. But that's not nine. Right. So I'm just telling you where I ended up on the Cardinals, and I think I had them going two and four in the division. 
So if you if you think they go three and three in the division, then yeah, I think nine games is probably like where they'll be. See, I've, I did mine. Here it is. What did I have the Cardinals at? Seven and nine. What were they in the division? Third. No. Yeah. What was their record in the division? Oh, two and four. The disrespect. Same as me. One game off the pace. This guy said. <laughs> Last take of the day, Sam. The Bucks are the most overhyped team this year in the NFL. Man, I don't know that I agree with that at all. A team that got better throughout the course of last season, a lot of young defensive talent that came together as the season went along. It's all back. It's got another year together. Um, they improved. How their many games did you have the Bucks winning? Jeez, man. Because I think that's where the perception of overrated is going to come into play. Like if you think the Saints are, or if you think the Bucks are going to win 13, 14 games this year, then yeah, they're going to be overrated. Them, I had them at thirteen wins. Woo! Joe Spicy. I had him at 11 and five. So the, I think that's probably their, their floor is what? 10 wins. Their ceiling is 13. Mm, that's a really dangerous floor to set. Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, man, I don't their know. Their floor I, is 11 games. You have to remember my perspective with Tom Brady and what I think he is. It's different. I think, I think I, for whatever reason, I feel like I see Tom Brady differently than everyone else. Yeah, because you're three and thirty against him. I think he's bulletproof. I, I, I just he's got a losing record in South Florida, brother. He's got a, and he's got a spell on me, is what he has. This is the best talent he's been a, around I'll in a, a long spell time. Spell on you. They're gonna, they're gonna be good. And now you're mine. I, I. So are they overhyped? Here's a better you. question: Is there, a, is there another team? Is that really a song? Are you just making this up off the fly? Uh, is there a te- another team that fits the criteria is overhyped? Oh, man. I mean, Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers is the biggest NFL story in the last 20 years. But it's only because he played in Tampa or in New England for 20 years. And he's the greatest quarterback ever, and he's like 43 years old. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you just made a real compelling case for him to not win 13 games this year. Um, overhyped teams. Who's hyped up? Buffalo? They are. ESPN yeah, I mean, put together a thing. They said there's going to be four 12-win teams next year, and one of them was the Bills. I don't think I'm ready to buy on the Bills getting... 12 wins? 12 wins. That even makes me uncomfortable. I bet, because you don't know what the, that's three years worth know, of wins from like the early two thousands, Bills, Frick, right? Dude, I got ten wins for the first time since ninety nine last year, brother. Like twelve wins? It's <laughs> unfathomable to me. Buffalo super hyped up. Ooh, dramatic effect here. Is this, this that might not song? be the song I think it is, but is this the spell song? Oh, jeez. This is what you listen to when you grind the tape, Cal? Maybe. What artist is this? Uh, Nina Simone. All right. It's from Hocus Pocus. All right. Yeah. Saw that once in 1994. Oh, man. It's a great movie, though. Um, Overhyped teams. I'm going to have to sleep on that. But I think right now, just that question. knee jerk, the Bucks and Bills are the two most hyped teams in the league right now, right? 
Probably. All right. Well, we can revisit this at another time. That sounds great. But that's going to be it for us today. We're going to sign off here on the Draft Dudes podcast. We want to thank you guys for carving some day, some time out of your day, very busy days, to listen to us talk about football. We're going to leave it hanging here. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, come on back and see us again tomorrow.